Welcome to Wrestling with God Show, the podcast where we grapple with the big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon, and I'm here with my friend and Irish Catholic priest, Father Len McMillan. Hey, Irish. Hey, Father Len. So I know you've been kind of wrestling with something here the last uh, little while. You've had lots of requests to uh, make statements, do things, whatever. Uh, tell us uh, what's on your mind here, Father Lynn. So uh, I've had these interactions where people want me to make some statement on Black Lives Matter. Um, and I'm reticent about doing so, not because I'm reticent about making a statement, just the baggage that comes with it. And so in my own mind, I'm kind of wrestling, well, this idea does religion and politics mix. And in one sense, it's a yes and no answer. Um, give you an example. So like Putin in Russia, you know, he's supported by the patriarchs. But years later, will uh, people admire the patriarchs for condoning everything Putin does? Or will they be seen as cowards? Or look at uh, Nazism. Actually, the German bishops were very brave in standing up against Nazism. At one point, um, the German bishops are against Nazism before it's full-blown. And I love the story where this one bishop demands that on every statue of Mary, Jesus, and Joseph in, in his diocese, that they put the um, yellow Jewish star on them so Catholics would realize you're persecuting the family of God. Now, that I have to think incredibly brave uh, versus no offense to the Italian bishops that during the rise of Nazism, the uh, Italian bishops, they gathered together and they made a very strong statement that there's too much cussing at the beach and women should stop wearing short sleeve shirts. Um, so like you miss the whole moral battle of your own time period. Germans bishops didn't. The Italian bishops, they came out with no offenses, faux moral position that didn't matter to anybody. And I'm glad they came down hard on something that didn't matter. So part of me thinks it's cowardice for religious leaders not to lead. Uh, they are anointed, they are prayed over so that they have something to say. Now, so I guess my first position is, so religion and politics, they do mix. My other position is that, no, they, they don't mix. Um, it's very dangerous for religion to get in bed with politics. My position is, is that religious leaders should speak out about a spiritual, moral issue. And if that has political implications, so be it. But we'll be judged on it. Um, but... The other issue, so part of me is like, are, are, when people say, are you going to say something or not say something? I don't want to get into politics. I want to get into spirituality. And the other issue is also, I think people have to come to the truth themselves. Religious leaders are to lead them there. Blaise Pascal, who was this, in the Middle Ages, he was a, um, this great mystic and mathematical genius and Einstein of his time. He said that if you just tell people the truth, they'll fight it. You have to lead people to discover the truth. And I have to say, I've found that really true in my, I, in, true in my own priesthood. 
that if you just tell people the truth, they will not accept it. If you kind of lead people to the truth and make them like do the addition themselves, they figure out one plus one equals two, but it takes a lot of effort to, for them to lead to that position. So like I, I've had this um, like one morning, God bless him. He's a good person, but I'm going to mass and um, outside of the church, uh, he kind of confronts me because we ask people to wear masks. Well, the bishop has asked where people to wear masks to mass. And he gets upset and he says, you know, you, this is interfering with my freedom. I have a mask, but I don't think I should have to wear it. It's my freedom. And I said, yeah, but, you know, I tried to be joking and say, yeah, but if you wear a mask, then you're free to attend mass. <laughs> wearing, a, wearing a mask just gives you greater freedom. And like, he didn't like that. And then he points his finger at me and he says, I better not hear you say black lives matter. So at that point I said, Oh, well, let me put it this way. Black lives do matter. All life is sacred to me. And I've always preached, uh, always preached a pro-life position that absolutely every life, I don't care if it's uh, black or white or Chinese or, Lebanese or Minnesotan or whatever it is, every, every human life is sacred to me. Now, I probably won't say uh, preach on Black Lives Matter because it also has this hinge of politics where like one uh, person said about the Black Lives Matter that it means that we should abolish the police. So I would be very cautious about a political s- slogan that has other implications, but uh, to me, it's not a political position. My position is the spiritual position that every human life is incredibly sacred. Um, And I was listening to this interviewer, this Hollywood singer who, you know, lives in wealth. uh, He coupled black lives matter with burning down the entire house and says the whole structure has got to be burned down. All police have got to be, abolished. Well, that's really fine if you're living in a gated Hollywood community, but I find that more of a political position. And I've had other people uh, email me saying, you know, how, you know, long complaints, how come I'm not saying something? But I've always said something. And what I've said is every life matters. And the problem is you get these polarized positions, which you're just seeking a fight. And I, by polarized positions, I mean this, like growing up, when I was growing up around the dinner table, we used to have these great debates, great arguments and debates about what was going on. And I, I love that. But my dad, who developed a drinking problem, when my dad was starting to drink and then be getting in a bad mood, it is a strange thing that you can just, the back of your hair just goes up and you know he doesn't want to debate. He is looking for a fight. He's looking to really not discover any truth or discussion. He has anger that he wants to let out, and he's just looking for something to argue about. That's what I have with this kind of polarized rigidity. A polarized rigidity, it just makes you deaf, tone deaf to morality. You can't hear any subtlety. So both extremes to me have kind of this polarization of uh, it's not really a search for truth 
it feels like, um, no offense, a drunken father who is just wants to pick a fight. (laughs) The hard thing I think is separating what I think is a legitimate statement on its face. And that is that black lives matter and uh, all lives matter. Life matters and separating that from this political movement, which uh, is a controversial one. In many ways, you brought up some of it. They seem to want to abolish the police, uh, all kinds of different things. And so separating those two seems very difficult in today's world, you know, because the minute you say Black Lives Matter and you mean it in a spiritual way, somebody who is just absolutely against this Black Lives Matter political movement immediately is all over you. You know, what's wrong with you, Father Len? How could you say that? They they can't separate it. They, 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 people are so emotional. They're so kind of hardened in their positions. And if you see the, the politics, if you see it for, through the po- political lens and you don't agree with the political movement, you have a whole different perspective than in, if you see it through the spiritual lens and you're just talking about lives, no matter what color they are, and they matter. And right now we're having a conversation about you know, why so many black people are dying. One of the things that isn't talked about a lot, uh, and and this, you, you bring this up and all of a sudden, you know, you're supposedly dumping on black people, but our black communities in this country are in real trouble. Uh, you know, like in Chicago a couple of weeks ago, there were 80 people shot and 25 people killed. But you don't hear much about that. We're hearing about George Floyd. We're hearing about this guy that got killed in Atlanta. But are we talking about the real problems in the black community? And what what can we do to help that? What's going on there? Um, you know, that kind of gets lost in all this. It, it does get lost. But here's like part of me is kind of excited about this. Think about this. Throughout the world. Everybody is tired, well, the vast majority is tired of all forms of racism. They had protests in Australia and London and, um, where was it, uh, Japan. Like, that's actually pretty amazing that it, everyone is tired of bigotry. I, that part, I think, is absolutely beautiful and amazing. Um, I just don't want to see it being co-opted by anger. Well, but even there, Father Len, here's what's, I mean, what I see happening is politics enters into this again. It's like uh, all of a sudden, you know, we have this horrible, and everybody agreed it was evil, uh, the George Floyd killing and whatever, but all of a sudden now it it becomes politicized and the, all police are are uh, painted as brutal, as racist. We don't even know for sure what the guys, the the cop who committed the horrible evil. We don't know what his motive was. We have no idea if it was racist or not. He's he's white, and and the the victim, poor George Floyd, is black. But is that why that happened? 
We don't know. But all of a sudden, you know, the, every police department gets painted with this uh, brutal, racist, whatever kind of thing. In fact, the attorney for George Floyd said that this is another example of genocide, for gosh sakes. You know, talk about polarizing. Um, you know, this is an example of the genocide that's happening, you know, with black people in our country. And it, 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 it's crazy. I mean, it's, it, how do you separate all this? It does remind me of that great line, you know, I think we all have to start by admitting that the line between good and evil cuts through every human heart. It's not a political position any more than it's a color of one's skin. Uh, good and evil cuts through every human heart. So there's good cops and bad cops, good priests and bad priests. Um, I just want to end all bigotry and hatred and racism. And this polarized position, I just don't think allows for any oxygen of real life to come. Uh, I hope it does. But to me, just a different issue. Um, if you're ever talking to anybody who's religious, who is so extremely religious, so unbendingly orthodox, uh, there's this anger there and you can't negotiate with that person. The moment you disagree with anything they say, they feel they have the right to reject you. So you don't really get to any spirituality. You just stay at this level of kind of rigidity. So should I say something? Should I not? You know, the problem is, is that I can't say anything if it's not a conversation. Uh, so in my position is all life matters. That's what I want to preach. Or like John 1, where it says, how can you say that you love God, but you don't love the person in front of you? You know, you must love all. You must see everyone's life as sacred. So to me, I want to emphasize the spiritual dimension of this. And like Martin Luther King, uh, Martin Luther King, when the civil rights movement started, they did this training session with prayer. They would pray and they would train themselves not to react in hatred. So they'd have these uh, training sessions where not only they pray, but then they would yell horrible things at you just to train you not to react in hatred. That's a spiritual movement where spiritually uh, good will overcome. Gandhi, the same thing. Trained with meditation, he refused to react in anger. Um, those saints, those holy figures, that's the kind of spirituality I want. They weren't like um, Martin Luther King and Gandhi. They tapped into a spiritual power. And so for me, like the spiritual power I want is things like, uh, like I pray the um, Beatitudes every day. So when it says, uh, blessed are those who mourn, I want to feel the pain of what it's like to be a minority, um, to live in discrimination and fear. That brings enlightenment. So personally, like I'm reading Black Like Me, that's a classical book, to make me more compassionate. That compassion brings understanding. But that's a spirituality that I'm praying to, to feel the pain and suffering or Blessed are the peacemakers. Uh, uh, well, even before that, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. Um, there are good cops. We've seen that. 
and good protesters. Uh, they hunger and thirst for justice. Yep. They don't hunger and thirst for their political position. That's a spiritual movement I want to succeed. So I pray for that every day. I pray for everyone to have this hunger and thirst for justice, not for their particular position. Or blessed are the peacemakers. You know, that's a commitment. Peacemaker means a bridge builder. Um, so a bridge builder that everyone is united together. So peace in this sense, the Hebrew idea is shalom, which really means unity, where you and I are united. Everybody, human to human, soul to soul. Uh, in Hebrew, it's nefesh to nefesh, soul to soul. We are united. That's a bridge builder. That's a commitment. That's what I want. If we're truly united, soul to soul, no injustice can come into our country. So for me, it's not a political position that is my end point. My end point is shalom. I want unity. Um, I want all human beings to see each other as brothers and sisters. That's a whole spiritual movement that has been preached for thousands of years. To me, that's the real battle, not particular policies. Well, you know, uh, the hardest thing in the world, I think, is to take off whatever colored glasses you have on. You know, we all see things from our own experiences, and we all have some kind of prejudice and stuff. And, you know, what I hear you saying is, let's see if we can listen to each other. Let's see if we can understand what we don't know. Uh, let's see if we can put ourselves in other people's shoes and uh, be compassionate. Uh, try try to listen more than we talk, that kind of thing. I, that's what I kind of hear you saying, Father Land. Yeah, and uh, I really want all people to live together in love and unity. Now, we're not there. I admit it. That is not part of the United States. We are not united. But that's my goal. So when people say, well, you've got to come out with a political position or don't you dare come out with a political position. My political position is that I want everyone's life to be regarded as sacred. That's um, awesome. Well, Father Len, I think that's a, a good place for us to start a conversation with listeners uh, to kind of, you know, set their mind in a place where, you know, how should they approach this as people of faith? And hopefully, uh, if if you have some reaction to this, if you'd like to continue this conversation, just head over to our website. It's www.gshow.com. That's www.gshow.com. Click on the questions button. You can send us an email, a text, or a voicemail. And hopefully, you'll join us next time as we continue our journey climbing the mountain of life, searching for truth meaning and purpose in our lives. Thanks for listening.